Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Tonight is TPR's Prophetic History. This is session 12, if you can believe that. The session is entitled, Funding the End Time Prayer Movement. This is, I just want to give you kind of a, a little uh, heads up here. Tonight is a crazy session. I mentioned uh, in the last session that I did uh, for our prophetic history that I really felt like we needed to have seen all the wild things that the Lord has done for us in the past in order to believe for last session. Well, I really believe we're going to need to see the Lord accomplish the crazy things I talked about in the last session in order for us to be able to really enter in in a spirit of faith for these things. So I'm going to tell you some things tonight that I, I want to give you some grace. If it is a struggle for you to believe these things, join the club because these are the wildest prophetic um, promises I have ever heard anyone ever have. I mean, I'm going to share some things with you tonight that are the absolute craziest things I could possibly try to believe for. And if it weren't for the leading of the Holy Spirit into these things, I would think that any person uh, should not have um, the right to even try to believe for these things. But the Holy Spirit has been leading us, and that's what makes this crazy. So I want to introduce you tonight a bit of a, an interesting storyline about billions of dollars, trillions of dollars, and quadrillions of dollars. And I, I'm going <laughs> to share this because the Lord shared it with us. And I would think you should take a great scrutiny in receiving tonight. I think that you should absolutely go to prayer and see if the Holy Spirit bears witness with you. Uh, about these things because these are the most impossible, preposterous things to believe for. But <clears throat> the Lord has given us so many dreams and prophetic encounters about the wildest amounts of dollars that He is going to wind up giving to us that we can then use to fund the end time prayer movement. I don't think we're going to be alone in that, but I know that it is absolutely in our future purpose to help not only be a house of prayer, but help fund the prayer movement wherever it might be. Now, many times in these dreams that the Lord would give, or even some, some of them weren't dreams, some of them were just prophetic encounters of various sorts, many times the finances would show up in this kind of parabolic language. They would show up in coins that were just of the most unbelievable amount of worth. So it would be coins many times, not always, Many times it would be coins that would have a, a, a supernatural capacity about them in the form of their wealth. Uh, that it wouldn't be like, you know, a quarter equals a quarter. It would be this coin equals a trillion dollars. Well, how does a coin equal a trillion dollars? Well, again, coins over and over. Well, the way that the Lord gave us these dreams is we started with millions and then it went to tens of millions, then it went to hundreds of millions, then it went to billions, then trillions, then quadrillions. I know that is the most bizarre idea ever, but I didn't ask for this. I, I, I would have been great with tens of millions. I can get my head around tens of millions. When we start going beyond that, it starts getting really silly and, and difficult to believe, but it wasn't one dream. It was tons of them. And I'm going to read many of them to you tonight. What I've done though, just as a little uh, starter point, I've reduced these dreams. Instead of telling you all a dream, I'm going to give you the two sentence version of the dream. I'm just going to give you the snapshot, bottom line, snapshot, bottom line. And I'm going to give you a dizzying amount of information tonight. Now, when I started having these dreams in 2013 about coins that were worth millions or trillions or even more, or millions, billions, trillions. And in the dream, so many times these coins, it would be one coin, but the value of the coin would fluctuate, fluctuate up. So I started having these dreams in 2013. This was before the launch of wide-scale cryptocurrency. 
Bitcoin didn't exist. If it existed, you know, it maybe existed in a back corner. Nobody heard of it. And it wasn't on the national or the international scene. So as soon as Bitcoin came out and cryptocurrency started coming out, coming out and you could see, oh, wow, that one Bitcoin can be worth $10 or $100 or a million dollars depending on the market. That coin has a fluctuating value. I began to think maybe Bitcoin has a significant role to play in all this. And I think it might. I, I think that's real. I think cryptocurrency might well have a place to play, but I think it's far more than that. And here's a point of disclaimer. I'm going to read you a few dreams that I had. Uh, I had one, and then uh, a young lady in our community had one just a couple of months later and didn't know I, that I had one. Back in 2011, about hyperinflation. Now, part of the reason I bring this up is because for the first time a couple of weeks ago, I saw these uh, figures, these coins that had crazy values. I saw them for the first time in a new light that I don't know is true, but it, it brings a question to my mind that these, uh, the reason that these coins could be worth either a million or a billion or a trillion dollars might have something to do with hyperinflation. Now, I was thinking about that and remembering these dreams I'm about to share with you. And it was a couple of days later that a pastor, you may have seen it or heard it or read it, a pastor uh, here in America had a number of dreams about what's coming to America, and one of them dealt with hyperinflation. And that came right after I had this revelation. I thought, well, Lord, maybe this really is something. So I just, I kind of share that with you. Now, I had this dream back in, uh, of, uh, let's see, January, February, March, March of 2011, and I was with Andy and Vina, and we were going to lunch. And Vina walks up to Andy and I with a cup of coffee in her hand that she had just purchased. Now, that's a simple cup of coffee. It wasn't a latte or anything special. It was just a simple cup of coffee, the kind of thing that ought to cost $2, okay? I just remember writing that, or I wrote it down, but I remember that in the dream. It ought to cost $2. For some reason in the dream, however, my MO in that season was to pay attention to the finances of everything, so I immediately, when she walked up, I asked her, how much did you pay for that cup of coffee? And she responded, $23.50. $23.50 for a simple cup of coffee. And I was shocked. And I was like, oh my gosh, well in the dream, it's kind of like I was being shown what was in the future and it had already become normal. So while I'm shocked at the cost, she wasn't phased by it. It was like normal for her. So it's like, it was news to me. But here's what I wrote. She didn't seem like this was off at all. It's like I was being shown the world after the coming crisis hits. I wrote that in 2011. Hyperinflation after a crisis that's going to hit America. Well, within just a couple of months from that, a young lady in our community had a dream. I didn't wind up getting this dream from her for some time later. But when she went back and told me when she had it, it was just a couple of months after I had my dream. She said, I was at a graduation. Earlier in the day, I had bought two of these delicious little cakes for $9. So $4.50, $4.50, I'm guessing. From someone that was outside the conference center. They were so good, I regretted that I had not bought more of them. So after the conference, I went across the hall to the same kind of snack food stand, but the price had gone up to $26. I was really disappointed, and I explained to the cashier how 30 minutes ago, it was only $9, and now it was 26 so I went downstairs to see if maybe it was just more expensive at the stand that I just went to. So I went to the bottom floor and found that now the price had jumped to $126. And that this cake was maybe the last one in the whole building. I certainly couldn't buy the cake now, so it was really upsetting. I was also upset that uh, there were most likely not any more cakes available in the whole building. I had a friend with me, and we just looked at each other in utter shock. The price had jumped from $9 to $126 in a matter of hours. Now, I had a dream about food, uh, coffee, hyperinflation. A couple months later, this young lady had a dream about food, hyperinflation. This was back in 2011. And I've got a couple of other things like that that I've just been sitting on. I believe, just so you know, I believe that's coming. And it might look even crazier than that. Now, that actually helps me interpret maybe some of these wild figures that I'm going to throw out tonight. Maybe. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. 
But I just find it also interesting that the Lord made sure to get both of those dreams to me about the cost of food, specifically hyperinflation dealing with food. He could have used any picture. He could have used the cost of gas or the cost of an automobile or the cost of whatever. But both dreams, it was dealing with food. Now, I'm going to change gears here for a minute. And I want to talk about the promised prosperity of the prayer movement. Now, for those of you who haven't been tracking with the end time prayer movement, that's not a term you've been thinking of, or haven't been around this house much, that's okay. The word of God says that the Lord is going to raise up a prayer movement that's going to cover the earth, that's going to be proclaiming Jesus's worth night and day with worship songs before he comes back in the sky. So before he comes back, the earth will be singing praise to Jesus night and day in expressions all over the earth. I don't think they're all going to look like this. I think right now we're still in kindergarten trying to figure out what the prayer movement's supposed to look like. But I just want to tell you there will be expressions of night and day prayer and worship all over the earth before Jesus comes back. Well, in order for the prayer room or for the International House of Prayer in Kansas City or for many other established missions bases that are building night and day prayer and have a vision to expand night and day prayer beyond their borders... In order for ministries that fit that description, they are a ministry doing night and day prayer, and they have a vision to expand that well beyond themselves. In order for those ministries to be successful, it's going to take a lot of bling, folks. It's going to take a lot of money. In order to be able to see that happen, it's going to take a significant amount of finances. And one of the things that the Lord says, and it's one of my favorite house of prayer passages, is found in Haggai. And in this passage, in Haggai chapter 2, 7 through 9, the Lord is prophesying about the end-time prayer movement. And he's talking about it in the context of a great shaking in the earth. That the Lord is going to simultaneously shake the systems of the earth and raise up the house of prayer in the midst of the shaking systems. Okay, so this is talking about a transfer of wealth and I'll get to that in just a second, where the Lord promises, I am going to shake the planet, and it's almost like it's a shakedown of somebody, like a, like a street robbery, you know, street robbing where somebody gets shaken and all the coins find out, fall out of their pockets. The Lord's like, I'm going to shake the earth, and the end result is so much money is going to wind up in the hands of the prayer movement in order to establish the house of prayer in the earth in the most profound way imaginable. I'm going to read you now, Haggai chapter 2, 7 through 9. I will shake all nations, and the desired of all nations will come. That's Jesus. The second coming of Jesus is connected to God shaking all the nations. I will shake all nations, and the desired of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Now, where this is being spoken was over the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. When Solomon built the temple, he built a structure that cost $100 billion in gold alone. You go back and you do the math on what the current rate of exchange is, and I recognize inflation and everything. It was very different back then. But if you look at the current dollar amounts, it was $100 billion in gold to build the temple. They're standing at the wreckage of that temple. That temple is gone. And Haggai is, being, is commissioning the team there, you're going to rebuild the house of prayer, but this time it's going to be even bigger and better and more awesome than the last time. But he's actually prophesying into the future. Because if you look at the shanty of a house of prayer that they built, it was not by any means in comparison to the glory of the former house of prayer, which David had funded and Solomon had built, $100 billion in gold. Okay, This is a prophecy that still has not yet happened. Now, we know from other passages what's going to happen is God's going to make the house of prayer more glorious because he's not going to have it in one city, Jerusalem only. He's going to have it across the earth so that everybody that loves Jesus can be part of house of prayer expressions all over the earth. 
That's why it's going to be more glorious. That's why the, the next house is going to be even more glorious and more esteemed than the former house, which was the one that Solomon built that cost $100 billion in gold. All right? But it happens in the context of all nations being shaken. Just as a little point here, until recent history with internet and telecom you know, stuff, telecommunications, you didn't have the ability ever to even know if all the nations were being shaken at the same time. No point in history would you have even had a way to coordinate, hey, are you being shaken? How about you? How about you? There would have been no way to even know, are bad things happening everywhere, or is it just our nation and the three besides us? We're living in an hour now where that's actually something you can track and know, and, I mean, we're in the middle of one of those moments right now where all the nations are, in fact, at least a lowercase s, being shaken right now. That's a reality right now. Well, in the context of that, God says, I'm going to transfer the wealth. He says, I'm going to prove to everybody the gold on the planet and the silver on the planet doesn't belong to humans. I made the gold and the silver. It's mine, and I'm going to use it to make my house of prayer more glorious than Solomon's temple. I am going to use the gold and the silver in the great shaking. I'm going to change the way that the landscape uh, reads, and I'm going to funnel that money into the prayer movement so that houses of prayer are built all over the place or at least some expression somewhere somehow that's more glorious than Solomon's hundred billion dollar building okay that's that's a big promise and I believe it now just as a point of reference here IHOP Kansas City has I mean they talk about it in in, in a very clear way they talk about the billion the billion dollars. They've got a number of prophetic uh, accounts and, and encounters and whatever that they're going to be given $1 billion to help fund the prayer movement. Okay? I remember hearing that early on and being excited by that and uh, wanting to go, man, I want to stand as close to uh, IHOP Kansas City as we can. Maybe we'll get some splash over. Uh, which is actually their plan, by the way. I mean, that's their plan. When they get the billion dollars, they plan to use it to fund the prayer movement. They don't plan to just put it in their bank account. So they've got that promise. Well, one more just fun. This isn't really prophetic. Yeah, it probably is. I don't know. It's not as clear. I don't know. I just think it's funny. I was talking with uh, Luke Friedenberg, our finance uh, guy, the other day. And we, well, we've talked about this over the years. But it's really a funny detail that the person, the single person who has given for sure more money to this ministry than any other single person is a lost businessman. He's a lost guy. He didn't know the Lord. But he believes in the promise of giving it will be given to you. He knows enough that if he gives money to God's house of prayer, God will give him more money, and it keeps happening. Like, I keep praying that the dude would see that and give his life to Jesus. He has not done that yet. So the person that's actually been the most responsible for funding our house of prayer actually fits very much into this picture of the Lord shaking the lost nations and it funneling money into the house of prayer. I just find that to be a fun little note that that's one of the ways that the Lord has sustained us for years. All right, now we're going to get into some prophetic words. Words about great financial increase. We'll talk specifically about TPR. I've referenced it a number of times. In 2012, I began to have a series of dialogues with the Lord that were of an unusual sort. You know, I mean, we all pray all the time, but it's not very often that, I, at least for me, it's not very often that I have an encounter with the Lord that I'm like, I'm going to write that down. Like, this was a big, this was not like gentle impression. This was like the Lord is speaking. And I had a series of these encounters, and it was all about the future of the prayer room. And I am so grateful for those encounters I had in 2012 and early 2013 because those encounters helped, uh, so helped to shape what I believe about the future of this ministry. And then when all the dreams came after that, it made so much more sense because I knew where to categorize those dreams. I knew how to process those dreams because I'd already had the Lord speak to me. And so then those dreams were just prophetic confirmation. Instead of those dreams being the first time I heard it, they were the second and third and 20th time. In that initial conversation, as I was pacing back and forth in the prayer room, 
I heard the Lord say, the next season, so who knows when that season would start, at least at that point I had no idea, the next season will be the best season of your life, and I knew this meant every area. I am going to bring answers to things that you've been contending for for years. I'm about to reward you. I'm going to open the storehouse of my bounty on you. I'm going to bless you in ways you wouldn't believe. Now, since 2012, and again, this came strong. I was like, I know this is the Lord. I know this is going to happen. Since 2012, I've been believing this and talking about this and, you know, teaching on it, you know, if you can call this a teaching, telling our story. And I believe that the Lord's plan is to bless TPR with the storehouses of his bounty. That's a language point out of, Revel, uh, out of uh, Deuteronomy. That's language talking about like the cattle on a thousand hills. How about all the cattle on every hill? I mean, this is the storehouses of the bounty of heaven and releasing that on TPR. That's, a, that's really weird language to believe is real, okay? Another encounter, similar... Uh, uh, that same timeline was a few weeks later. I heard the Lord say, and same idea, the finances are about to come at you from every angle. You will have more than you know what to do with. It will come faster than you will be able to spend it, give it away, or sow it. I've been setting up many things behind the scenes. I have set many things into motion which you do not yet see. I am about to move on your behalf in ways you can't possibly imagine, things you wouldn't believe even if I told you beforehand. That is an unnerving thing to hear the Holy Spirit tell you. I'm going to give you more than you can keep track of. You might wind up in legal problems. I'm going to give you more money. It's going to come at you faster than you can keep track of it. Well, Fast forward a few years later when I start having these dreams about millions and billions and trillions, I'm like, I don't even know what accounting is going to look like at that point. Okay, it is exactly this. It is going to be bizarre. But again, since 2012, the Lord's been speaking these words. Another one of those encounters. This was the same time frame. Another two weeks in there somewhere. I heard the Lord say, the time has come for you to grow up into the things that I've been speaking to you about for many years. The growth will be uncontrollable. You won't be able to keep up with it. You won't be able to keep track of the finances. I'm going to do things I've never done before. And instantly, as he said that, the idea came to my mind that instead of God manifesting gold dust, if you've heard of that, the Lord manifesting gold dust, him manifesting gold bricks. And it felt like this was the sort of shift in how he moves and what he's alluding to about what's going to change in the future. The implication was that this shift would touch many different realms of life and not just finances. Now, I didn't hear the Lord tell me he was going to multiply gold bricks. That was a sense I had when he said very clearly, I'm going to begin to do things with money I've never done before. I'm going to start the kind of amplification of gold dust to gold bricks. Like that is... If that doesn't happen that way, which I'm not saying it will, it's that sort of upgrade. We're talking about, this is crazy. Gold dust is nuts. But gold bricks? That would just be, I don't even know how to, whatever. Okay. Well, I had that encounter. The Lord spoke that to me. Then sometime later, Andy Sanchez had a dream very similar. I had a dream that there was a supernatural manifestation of gold. It accumulated from nothing into dust or flakes. And then the wind would join these small particles together into balls, eggs, bars, and ropes. God was materializing supernatural wealth for us. The amount of wealth being given to the prayer room was staggering. Why would he have that dream? That is a really weird dream. Why would I have that sense? It's a really weird sense. I don't know how this is going to play out. One thing I do know for sure, we are going to have some serious resources in the future that is going to be very different from what we've experienced in the past. Well, if you remember, in previous sessions, I told you about hundreds of thousands, first tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions, then tens of millions. I'm going to read you a dream that talks about kind of the increase here. This was a dream that I had early enough on that it helped inform the next 20 dreams that we would have. I had a dream where Amy and I 
we're going through our old stuff looking for buried treasure. It's one of those buried treasure dreams. And while looking, I found a stash of money that was worth about $10,000. And we started to get really excited. But I said, I know this isn't it. The buried treasure is still in here somewhere. So we kept looking and we found a crate with another considerably large stash of money worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. I knew this wasn't the treasure either. And I said, I know it's still here. So we kept going and found gold and silver coins and old currency worth millions of dollars. I yelled, Amy, look, here it is. It had been in our possession all along. And I knew we would never have to worry about money again and that we could help supply for many of the needs of those around us as well. Same period of time. One of our intercessors had a dream. The prayer room was going 24-7. That was, a, that was finally happening. It's something we've been looking forward to forever. It hasn't happened yet. We're 20 hours a day. We're not 24-7. But in this dream, the prayer room was going 24-7. And several of IHOP Kansas City's leaders were here to celebrate with us. And they started presenting TPR with lots and lots of money. And Brad got up and explained the details of what we will be doing with that money. Now, it just so happens, I'm going to end this session doing that. I'm going to describe what I believe we're going to do with the money when it comes. But I just that's a really interesting detail. Maybe they get the billion dollars, and they come and they show up here and give. I don't know. I don't know how all these dreams are going to play out. I just know this. We have had 10 times too much prophetic information to ignore this. 10 times too much. I mean, if we had four dreams, that would be enough to believe. We've had 40. I mean, we have had so many encounters related to finances that I don't go to bed going, give me dream money or money, or money about dreams. I don't, I don't even want that. These things keep coming because the Lord is trying to communicate, it's my prayer movement. My son is coming back in a generation and I'm going to use places like this that have a willing spirit and they're, they're laboring to build night and day prayer. Who better to use to build the prayer movement in the earth than places like this that have been building the prayer movement in our little quadrant of the earth for the last 14, 15 years. It actually makes sense. Who better to steward that than those that have been doing it in smallness for 14 years? All right, words about having more than enough. I'm just gonna share these, just mostly one, two, three. We have had so many dreams about where the language, the specific language... of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> providing one way or the other, where in the dream, the language is, and we knew we would never want for money ever again after this happens. And we knew we would have more than enough forever. We knew that, that this would never be a problem again. That kind of language. It's a really interesting thing to have that dream once. To have that dream 10 times is pretty impacting. So it's a dream I had. Back in uh, 2015, which it wasn't the first. I'm just doing my best to kind of put them together in a way that makes sense. I had a dream where a very sobering moment had occurred and someone gave TPR $5 million. But then the dream shifted and now the money was coming in from other areas and unexpected angles. This was very different than how we were given the $5 million because it kept coming and we were getting more than we knew what to do with. So it's almost like, at least in this dream, the $5 million comes as a starting point, but then the resources start coming from every different angle. And we wind up with more than we know what to do with. I can't, I just am so excited about the idea of having as much as we need. We've never had as much as we need. We've always had lack. Our ministry has been held together by bubblegum and duct tape for 14 years. I mean, there's so much stuff that we can't afford to fix because we don't have $1,000 to do it. It's just how it's been for forever. The fact that there's language that says we were getting more than we knew what to do with is uber exciting. I'm going to share seven different uh, encounters that give this same language. I'm just going to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. First, I, this was in the initial word that the Lord gave me in 2012. I heard the Lord say, you won't be able to keep track of all the finances. It will come from too many places to keep track of it. That's the first. 
Next, in the dream I shared last uh, session, Woodrow Wilson, the president, Woodrow Wilson saying, he's going to find the treasure and this will change everything. I shared that with you that uh, the Holy Spirit was showing up as Woodrow Wilson leading us to the treasure. But specifically that language, this will change everything for the ministry of the prayer room. Another dream. This was one Luke Cooper had. I understand that now we had plenty of coins to continue on the track. So many that we didn't have to concern ourselves with it anymore. That was a dream about uh, the, the railmaster and the, the dream where uh, Luke saw TPR as a train on a track that the Lord kept giving us the resources to purchase the track just in front of us, just in front of us, just in front of us. I mean, that's a nerve-wracking way to be a train, by the way. But that this happened and it shifted everything and now all of a sudden we had track forever and we never had to worry again. Dream I had in 2014, this treasure was worth millions of dollars and I knew that we would never have to worry about money again and that we would now be able to help supply for the many needs of those that were around us. Dream I had in, uh, no, no, this was the treasure book. You guys remember me reading the story time book uh, a couple weeks ago? The language from the story book that I read and for the rest of his days, he lived in contentment, and he never was poor again. I know the Lord is speaking to us through that line of that storybook. If you didn't hear that story, you need to go back and listen two sessions ago. That one was a wild one. Another dream in 2015. Things shifted in the dream, and now money was coming in from many other areas and unexpected angles. That's what I told you a minute ago. We were getting more than we knew what to do with. Dream I had in 2017. We got all these diamonds and it seemed clear that our debt and financial issues were over. It's just a really interesting thing to have eight different encounters. It was eight dreams. Eight, well, seven dreams and one storybook. It's eight different encounters that all say the same thing. Money and you'll never have to worry about it again. Money and you'll never have to worry about it again. I just will tell you as the director of this base, the finances is a constant pressure for this ministry. Constant pressure and has been from its conception. So the thought that the Holy Spirit would speak eight times, you won't have to worry about it again. A day is coming. You won't have to worry about it. You won't have to worry about it. It's pretty powerful. All right, now I'm going to transition, and now I'm going to really start the really bizarre stuff. This is now I'm going to start telling you stories about or, or dreams about hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay, in the previous session, I shared about hundreds of thousands and then the $10 million word where the Lord just kept speaking, 10 million, 10 million, 10 million. I'm going to give you the bottom line of six or seven dreams. No, it's, uh, I don't know how many dreams it is. Six or seven, I think. Different dreams about different numbers that the Lord spoke to us prophetically in dreams that he's going to give to us that are all over $100 million. That is such a really weird thing. How many of you have ever dreamt about being given $100 million once? I mean, that's a really unusual thing. But to have seven or eight dreams about it? First one, I saw unusual silver coins in different denominations. Some were very large, maybe six inches across, and they were each worth $10 million. There were various amounts... And I was very excited because what I had found I knew was worth over $108 million. So silver coins, they're worth different amounts. Some of them are worth $10 million each. In the dream, I do the math and I go, what I'm holding in my hand is worth over $108 million. Next dream. This was one I had actually this year. That last one I just shared with you, I had in 2015. I'll just give you the, the years on these. 2020, I had a dream where someone asked if we knew the prayer room's future. And they said, the Lord is going to give TPR $128 million. When he said that, I knew it was true because this was part of our prophetic history and he was confirming it. So in the dream, I'm remembering the fact that we have a prophetic history. And while this person is saying, I'm gonna, the, the Lord is going to for sure give the prayer room $128 million, I know in my spirit it's true. Well, a dream that one of our intercessors had back in 2015. TPR was holding some type of fundraiser for getting a building. It was an all-night prayer meeting and everyone was there. 
You had different people from the past speak, and it was held at a large church. At the end, Brad came up and gave the final total of what we had raised. It was $170 million. A dream that I had in 2017. I had a dream where someone in my, uh, somehow my family owned $178 million and had, a high, had it all in a high-tech safe at our house. I know these details are numbing, but let me just give you so far. 108, 128, 170, 178. It just keeps counting up. Million dollars, $178 million. This is a really weird thing to dream about. I just want to tell you, I understand a little bit about where Paul says, do not despise prophecy. And I'm not being playing. I'm not being playful. When you have this many dreams about the craziest stuff ever, it's, it's actually a battle in your heart to not just dismiss it. And I want to tell you that because I believe right now you're in that battle. Because right now you have to go, I guess Brad probably wouldn't get up and lie about all these dreams. So if they really happened, why do we care? What do we do with this? And, and Brad, please be done with this session soon. I had a dream in 2013. In the dream, I had won the lottery. But the number of the lottery winnings kept increasing, going up. It was like, it was like a, a clock that was ticking. It was ticking up, a, a, an up count. And at the end of what I saw, at least, was $250 million. But it seemed like it might have even gone past that later on in the dream after I left. A dream I had in 2017. In the dream, we found a secretly hidden tin canister that had $18,000 cash in it from the 1800s. So old money. 18000 from the 1800s. But in, re in reality now, its worth was $300 million. I heard an announcer, almost like it was a news story, say, and in the bin was 18000 cash. But that was only the face value of the money. Its current worth was over $300 million. So weird. I wish it stopped at hundreds of millions of dollars. We're just getting warmed up. Words about billions and billionaires. I've shared many of these with you, but I'm trying to get a, a recap point here. In the original journey dream that I had, I was on an enormous ship owned by a billionaire. I knew the ship was TPR. I knew the billionaire was the Lord. He had invited me there for a specific role that was connected to us going on an unbelievable journey. And several things happened in the dream that I've told you about that ended up in us getting a large 1,500-seat building and embarking on a journey that would change everything for us. That was, our first, that was the first time I ever had a dream about a billion about a billionaire, about anything related to that number billion. That is a really bizarre thing to have dreams about, and it was only the beginning. The original journey dream, the Lord introduced us to himself, or introduced himself to us, as the billionaire provider for TPR. I wake up from that dream, and I write it down, and I am pondering. This is a really weird dream. I just had a dream about a billionaire. I know God is the billionaire. I know he's speaking about the prayer room. I know he's speaking about TPR's future. I know he's telling us he's going to be our billionaire supplier. I didn't know if that many was going to give us a billion dollars. I just knew he is describing himself as the God of infinite wealth who is promising to supply for our house. Now, when I wake up from the dream, I, I write it down, and I'm pondering it, but I've got to go run an errand. I got to go to the mall for something. I don't even remember what it was. It was maybe something to get something for my wife or something. I just remember I had to go to the mall. I never have to go to the mall for an errand. This is a really weird thing that happened. I wake up from the billion dream. I go to the mall. I walk into the mall, and I'm not really there. I'm really up in my headspace. I'm thinking about this billion dollars and the, and the dream and going on this journey. I'm thinking about the billionaire, and I'm walking past some mannequins that are on the wall. Okay, they're in one of those display shelves, all right? Now, just as a side point, just kind of fun, throw it in there. The only reason I look up at this point was because 10 years before, I don't go to the mall that much, 10 years before in that exact display shelf was a picture of one of my best friends growing up who started modeling. And he was the model wearing the shirt in the picture. And it was right there. So that's the reason I looked up because I was like, oh, I remember when he was there. And I look up, and as soon as I look up, 
A mannequin is wearing a shirt that says Billionaire's Club. Now, Billionaire's Club is now, I don't know if that's a trend, a brand, a, a thing you put on shirts. It wasn't a thing you put on shirts back when I had this dream in 2000 and whatever, 2012. It was brand new. Now, I have since seen that brand. I've since seen that, that language on shirts and hats and stuff. I had never seen it before in my life. I saw it for the very first time 30 minutes after I woke up from a dream where the Lord was telling me he was going to be our billionaire and supply for us. And now here's this shirt that says Billionaire's Club. And I go, I'm in the club. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that. I'm in the club. Now, I'm having all these dreams at this point. This is now starting. When the Lord gave me that dream about him being our billionaire supplier, the dream flow starts. That's when it began. I start having dreams. People start having dreams. They send me dreams. I'm getting dreams all over the place. It's a really weird season. So it's a very normal thing in that season for me to be thinking about how weird it is we're going to have billions or something. It's a really weird thing to think about a lot. And I'll just tell you, for about a year and a half, I thought about it all the time because I couldn't stop thinking about it because as soon as I would forget to think about it, somebody else would have a dream and tell me it. And now I'm thinking about it again. It was really... If I'm honest, it was a little annoying because it's a really weird thing to have so much of your headspace thinking about what am I going to do when I'm a billionaire? That's a really weird way to live, especially when you don't have a strategy of how to get there except go to sleep and have dreams. I'm thinking about that. That's, that's the season. I walk into uh, the place where I get coffee every morning at the racetrack on my way into the prayer room. I do it every morning. I walk in. And the guy who I get my coffee from often, he comes over to me and he goes, hey, did you know I've been gone for a few days? I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen you around here in a, in a week or whatever. He goes, yeah, that's because I've been in, did he tell me where? He said, I've been at a rich kid campus, college campus up in Tennessee. All these guys are millionaires. Four of them are billionaires. I go, why are you telling me this at 420 in the morning? about billionaires and you've been hanging out with billionaires and, and millionaires? Why are, you, why are you telling me that? I wouldn't have even included it in this except that eight hours later, it happens again. Eight hours later, I'm in a prayer meeting. It was a Thursday. I was at a pastor's prayer meeting. I went to it every week. But I had never had this happen before, ever. It's eight hours later after that encounter. That's a weird it's just a weird thing for people to say. How many people have told you they spent last week hanging out with billionaires? Furthermore, how many of them are strangers at the racetrack and just come up talking to you about it without you even initiating it? It's eight hours later and I'm at the prayer meeting and one of the intercessors in the prayer meeting, she comes up to me and she says, Brad, while you were praying, I was looking into your face and I saw fierce passion to see his bride restored to him. He is going to give you hundreds of millions fold what you sow. What? Who even says stuff like that? Not I'm going to give you hundreds of millions. I'm going to give you hundreds of millions fold what you sow. What you sow. And I was like, this is like a lot of money. That's a lot of money. This is eight hours after this guy comes up to me and tells me I was hanging out with billionaires while everybody I know is having dreams about billionaires and trillionaires, whatever else. Well, a little bit time later, now coming here to the prayer room, uh, to this building, when we were getting ready for this building, I had a dream and I was sitting next to another house of prayer leader and I saw Will Smith walk up past us. And he, we nodded at him and he winked and he smiled at us and he walked off. And I turned to the leader next to me and I said, did Will Smith just wink at us? And the guy next to me said, yes, we just got winked at by a billionaire. As soon as I heard that, even in the dream, I knew, oh, that's a picture of the Lord. It's, it's the Lord's our billionaire. He's winking at us. He's, he's showing us. He's with us. He's, I don't know why it was Will Smith. I, go Will Smith, I guess. But I, it's not about Will Smith. It was just the Lord needed a picture. And in the dream, he winked at us and smiled like, I got you. I'm with you. Well, the next night, I have another dream where now there are two Will Smiths, and both of them are billionaires. 
I've told you this before when I told you the Nora story, how we got this building. Each one of them, it was the Lord, and it was the Lord showing himself in two different types of clothing. One, street clothing, really sly and just kind of street savvy. The other, dressed up as a billionaire in, you know, fine clothes and very uh, uh, polished. And both of these, it was the Lord showing us, you can approach me this way, and I'll get you what you need, or you can approach me this way, and I'll get you what you need. But he was showing himself as a billionaire. Well... 2015, this is just a little bit of time after that. I have a dream where I'm about to, or I'm opening up a treasure chest in front of me. And I'm running my hands through unusual gold coins that were fat and fatter than normal. And they were worth way more than normal. There were over a thousand coins in this chest of incalculable worth, but I knew that the number had to be in the billions. I mean, that's a fun dream, by the way. It just, it feels good, even when you wake up and it's not real. It feels good to run your fingers through billions of dollars of gold coins. It's just fun. So I recommend that. Of course, you can't make these dreams happen, but try. Go ahead and try. And then let me know how that goes. Won't work. Um, 2017, there were gold and silver coins being spilled out. This is another dream that I had. Being spilled out and lining a path that would lead us to the treasure. So it's like the treasure, it's like somebody ran off in a hurry. And the treasure's spilling out, like almost like breadcrumbs, you know? And it's going, and the treasure's somewhere off over there. And we're following the breadcrumbs, the, the coins of the treasure. And in the dream, I said this. I said, we need to collect all these coins along the way. And even if we never actually find the treasure, we'll be millionaires by the time we get to it just by picking up the gold and silver coins along the way. But the point is, if the trash leftover is millions and millions, then the loot is billions, okay? Well... I have that dream, and I don't find out for quite some time that two months earlier, John Stokes had had very similar dream. He tells me sometime later that it happened the same, like within a two-month period of time. John had a dream where he started off with hundreds of gold coins, but then the, it escalated to millions of dollars, and then he described it as escalating to billions and billions and billions of dollars that we had gotten from a Mexican drug cartel. <laughs> Just throw that in there for fun. But here it is, gold coins that, that are worth billions of dollars. I, I, guys, it is impossible to have this, if I'm not lying, if I am telling you the truth, this is impossible. You, you can't have all these dreams about this. This is really weird. It's not weird, it's our future. The Lord is telling us, how could we begin to believe, if this is real about our future, how could we even begin to get faith for it? How could we even begin to believe? How could we be, even begin to scratch the surface without 40 dreams that say it? We'd need 40 dreams that say it. We have 40 dreams that say it. We have those so that we might enter into the story and begin to believe. That's why we have the dreams. They're not funny. They're not amusing only. This is actually so that we would try to, we would go on the journey of trying to engage our heart to believe for things that are totally cockamamie, that the Lord plans to do. Things we wouldn't believe if he told us ahead of time. That's what he said. He's telling us ahead of time and we're not believing. I'm telling you where this is going. I don't know exactly how it's gonna flush out. But then we have words about much, much, much more than billions. You remember that encounter I told you about the intercessor at the pastor's prayer meeting coming up and saying, you know, Brad, he's going to give you hundreds of millions fold what you sow. If you just do the math at its most simple point of like the lowest amount that either me personally or that the ministry has given away, you could pick either one, the lowest number Millions fold, you're talking trillions of dollars. Trillions. So now we've got words about trillions of dollars. Okay? Then I have a dream that's just bizarre. Jeremy, Luke, and I are on our way back from a ministry trip, and we stop at a gas station, which was also a diner, which was also a casino. I know that sounds bizarre, but they actually have them in Oklahoma. And so uh, we, we had the dream. We stopped at one of these. And Jeremy walked over to the slot machine. He dropped a quarter in. And he hits the jackpot. 
And there was a tally counter to indicate how much we had won. And it kept climbing faster and faster and faster. And it reached $11 trillion. And I just remember thinking that none of us were ever going to have financial concerns any longer. And TPR was set for life. $11 trillion. So it's a little bit of time later. And I'm in that pastor's prayer meeting. And the guy who runs the pastor's prayer meeting, Tom Grossman, he doesn't know our storyline about all these dreams. I mean, hardly anybody does. I mean, you have to like really be paying attention. So he doesn't know any of this. And I'm up praying on the mic, and he says, I saw a vision of you, Brad, while you were praying. He said, I saw a vision over you. As Brad was praying, it's like I saw the Lord dumping out hundreds of trillions of dollars on him. What a bizarre thing to say. What a bizarre, he saw it. I'm on the microphone. He says, I saw over your head. It's like the Lord was dumping out, dumping from where? Oh, I don't know, the storehouses of his bounty. It's like, he doesn't know that we've got that word. He doesn't know. He says he sees hundreds of trillions of dollars. That is bizarre. And I would have just totally dismissed it if we hadn't had all these other dreams that were equally bizarre. Have a dream. In uh, 2013, in my dream, this lady with a history of accurate financial predictions gave us some insider information about something related to international trade or currency exchange. I know that's like really kind of heady. This like insider trader person that knows what she's talking about. She's made a lot of, you know, uh, accurate predictions of where the market's going to go or whatever. She gives us some information in the dream, and we made a business transaction based on it, and she was right on. And immediately a screen in front of me starts showing the total amount that we had just earned because of the business decision, and it began tallying up in front of me. I wrote down, just like in the casino dream, same idea. It was counting up. It was calculating up. But now trillions of dollars in gold coins began pouring out of the machine. Trillions of dollars of gold coins pouring out of the machine. And I began to gather them. I noticed that each coin's value was in the trillions. Each coin's value was in the trillions. With the majority of them being worth $45 trillion, a $45 trillion coin and $58 trillion coins. Weird details. There had to be well over a quadrillion dollars here in front of me. And in the dream, I remember thinking back to the $11 trillion casino dream, to the slot machine dream, and how, how if even a fraction of this would be worth, even a fraction of what I'm experiencing right now in this dream, I'm, I'm thinking about the other dream in this dream. I'm thinking if... Even a fraction of what's happening to me now happened, it's going to be worth way more than the $11 trillion dream. I was eager to tell the leadership team about how our money issues had been permanently solved. You can tell that's really a running theme with me. Can't wait for that moment. Andy can't wait for the phone call. <laughs> now, guys, these are really weird prophetic words, but we didn't have one of them. We had a ton of them. I'm not even sharing all of them. We have words about unconventional finances coming to us, about how the Lord, this dream for me, I think this tells our story pretty well. This was a dream that Luke Cooper had back in 2013. While we're getting all these words, let me just tell you this. It is the most backwards painful thing to be getting dreams every other week about millions, billions, trillions, quadrillions, and go into debt every week, personally and ministry. That is a very painful thing to be getting words where the Lord's saying, I'm your billionaire, I'm your provider, I'm gonna give you millions, billions, trillions, and yet every month you're going into debt. That is a very, very painful reality. And that's the reality we were living in. And the Lord gave Luke Cooper this dream, and I'm so glad because this has personally stabilized me and a number of us for years and years. This was in 2013 when 
the finances were the hardest and where the situation was the worst and where the dreams were the most abundant about how much billions and trillions we're going to have in the future. In that moment, Luke had this dream. He was talking about me. He says, Brad, you owned a huge multi-billion dollar annual income credit card company like Visa. So Brad, you owned Visa. You're like Mr. Visa. Mr. Visa ought to be bank rolling. But no one was using the credit card. So you were only making three to $4,000 a month. You tried everything to get people to use the card, but nothing worked. And you were feeling a lot of different emotions. And you were pretty stressed out about it. In the dream, I said, this is now Luke saying in the dream. Luke said, in the dream, I said, this will stay broken as long as the Lord wants it to be broken. So there isn't anything we can do about it. This didn't fix the broken situation, but it did settle for us that the Lord was in control of the finances. That's going to stay broken until it's not broken anymore by the Lord's sovereignty. I want to tell you, that is something that has been very near and dear to me because as we have continued to stay in a place of financial difficulty, I have great confidence that the Lord is completely in charge. And just as a little frame of reference, if you wind up having a difficult time and it's difficult and difficult and you go into debt and you get out of debt and you go into debt and you get out of debt, it's difficult and you stay in debt. And then later the Lord gives you a trillion dollars and all of your debt is like less than pennies. It really kind of is a wash and it's like, why was I so worried about that? The Lord is going to take care of us. He is our purse bearer. But in these dreams, I've kind of alluded to this in a bunch of them. I didn't go heavy on it because I wanted to make this point. In these dreams, the Lord would often finance us through scandalous forms of of finance. Often. I'm just going to give you the taglines here from some of them. Dreams about us finding buried treasure. Whose treasure was that? Is it ours? Are we sure? Dreams about us getting money from drug cartels. Dreams about me being a warlord, stealing money from another warlord. Dreams about TPR winning the lottery. Dreams about TPR hitting the jackpot at a casino. Dreams about getting money from an international trade tip-off. Is that even legal? I don't know. Dreams about robbing a bank. Dreams about pulling off a high-tech, sophisticated heist. Dreams about winning a sniper competition by shooting the other sniper. These are really bizarre ways to wind up with money, and these are the ways the Lord keeps talking. I woke up from one dream one time. I woke up from one of these dreams feeling the Lord's plans to give us money in ways that seem scandalous, and yet I felt him clearly say, I am the one who is going to give you the money. The Lord is our purse bearer. I don't know if these scandals are going to come the same way that they came in these dreams. That seems strange, unlikely, improbable. But I think we actually are going to wind up with some finances in our lap that when you look at the details, you go, oh, maybe don't talk about how we got that. And I I believe that's coming because the Lord said it so many times. So maybe there's times where I'm going to say, hey, we got the money. And you say, where'd we get it? I'm going to say, we got the money. (laughs) What are we going to do with all this money? I want to tell you, I believe that the Lord started giving me prophetic heads up since 2012 about what we're going to do with this money so that we would begin to build an action plan of what we're going to do with this money. So I want to tell you part of what I've done in my strategizing and in my relationships and my connections is thinking about when we get a ton of money. I don't mean a million. I mean tens of millions, hundreds of millions plus. What are we going to do with that? And I'm going to give you as quick as I can a wrap up here. Guys, I know this is the most bizarre session, but I'm sharing it because the Lord gave it to us. And whether we feel comfortable with it or not really doesn't matter. Can you just imagine being Noah in his generation? I want you to build a really big boat because I'm going to kill everybody. And then I want you to put two of all the little animals, including the carnivores that eat each other, I want you to put them on the boat after you build the boat, but it's going to take you a while and everybody's going to think you're crazy. This is real. Rain will come from up. 
And Moses built a boat, or uh, Noah. First, what are we going to do with the finances? We're going to fully finance a 24-7 missions base. We're going to finance it. That that's actually takes the least amount of money to do. But we're going to do that. We're going to prioritize that. We're going to fully finance a 24-7 missions base, night and day. We're going to help finance. My heart is 1,000 intercessory missionaries at that fully uh, functioning 24-7 missions base. I would love, I just have thought about it over the years, and I don't know if it's the Lord, this number. I would love to give 1,000 intercessory missionaries $3,000 a month and then tell them to go raise support and actually make a real paycheck. I would love 1,000 missionaries to make $3,000 a month just as their starting pay, and then they go do what we all do now as missionaries and go raise support in order to bring additional resources into their household so that they could actually eat. I want to establish, not just here, but we have a vision. The Lord's given us all these words about establishing night and day prayer in the region, not just us. You remember the little flames began to pop up in various places all over the region? And we understood these flames to be the house of prayer, uh, houses of prayer starting up throughout the city. There was an explosion where fire, fire consumed the whole metroplex, and we understood this to be end-time revival. That was a vision that Tom Davis had uh, back in 2001 about the prayer movement in DFW. We believe there's supposed to be houses of prayer all over this region, and if we have resources, we're going to help fund that. Remember Tom uh, Grossman had the vision where he was in heaven between the thrones, around the big throne. And he's sneaking between and he falls on his face and he hears the, uh, the father from the throne say, there will be 24 houses of prayer in the Metroplex. 24, 24-7 houses of prayer in Dallas-Fort Worth. He heard that from the throne room. I believe it. As soon as we've got money, we're going to help make that happen. We're going to plant various works everywhere. We're going to plant them in strength. You know what would be awesome? I have a vision for this. I want to spend the money like crazy. I want to plant 100 intercessory missionaries at a time with $3,000 a month as their starting point and a building and plant that 100 and pay them for five years. Take it five years at a time, as long as the bucket money lasts. It's $20 million to do that with 100 intercessory missionaries to plant 100 in another city, in another state, in another country. It's, 100 mil, it's, a, it's $20 million, $2 million for a building, and $18 million for 120-year-olds to get $3,000 a month for five years. I would love to do that again and again and again so that our base never has 10,000 intercessory missionaries. We're too busy planting them across the world with money so that they can sustain it. Then... A fully funded and functional forerunner equipping center with housing. Want to buy apartment complexes and turn that into housing for the forerunner equipping center. Funded faculty where for the first time ever, our staff that's teaching and laboring in the place of instruction could actually receive financial compensation for that. But the biggest one actually has to do with the National Missions-Based Co-op. I believe that was one of the most strategic relationships that has occurred for sure in my life, but I believe in the prayer movement's history. I believe it's one of the most strategic relationships that's ever happened in the prayer movement's history. I want to say it one more time. I believe the National Missions-Based Co-op is one of the most strategic relationships that has ever occurred in the history of the prayer movement. Here's why. Because all that crazy stuff I said I want to do, our team wants to do, locally, nationally, globally, the other houses of prayer in the co-op, they're just as loony. They want to do the same. So I want to have billions of dollars, not just to give to them. I want to give them billions that they have money to go replicate the same exact thing. Why does it all have to be launched out of our base? I don't even want that responsibility. They all have the exact same vision. I just want to be the guy that writes them the check. And I've got 40 dreams that say I'm going to get to be. So the biggest way we're going to spend the money actually is through strategic relational partnerships in the end time prayer movement that's going to usher in the second coming of Christ to the earth. I believe the Lord is going to funnel ridiculous amounts of resources through our hands so that we can fund the end time prayer movement. That's what it's for. 
Last thing, and we'll stop. So worship team, you can come on up. Really an interesting thing. This is just, I don't know what this means. It's just fun. I've only told this story, this session, one time before in history. One time. And it was the last time we did our prophetic history. It was in 2017. And there was this really interesting thing that happened the night I shared this testimony about billions and trillions and all this stuff. Really interesting thing. There was a really interesting guy who was here in the room that night who had never come to the prayer room before and has never come since. He came one night. He came that night. He did not know what I was going to preach. He just found himself in the room. He's just sitting over there, okay? I leave, like I always do, and I go upstairs. He scurries through this door and runs after me up the stairs. He said, Brad, 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 I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. I said, "Uh, hi, my name is Brad. He introduced himself. He said, this is the vision that the Lord gave me. I said, what is? He said, to give trillions of dollars to the prayer movement, now I know who to give it to. And I go, huh? He said, I had this idea that the Lord gave me all these dreams about back in whatever year. He said, the Lord showed me an idea. I'm working on it now to try to get it, you know, pass through this and this and this. Because of the way that it impacts global economies, it's going to wind up producing, even at its most basic rate, it's going to wind up producing trillions of dollars. I don't want the money. I'm happy to live off, you know, 50000 a year or whatever. He said, I know the Lord has called me to fund the end time prayer movement. And you just told me you feel called to fund the end time prayer movement. When I get the money, it's all yours. I said, well, cool, man. He shared the idea with me. It was pretty brilliant. I mean, I haven't seen a dollar of it yet, but we'll see. Here's the thing. Is it going to come from this guy? Is it going to come from that? Is it gonna... I don't know. I do find it interesting, however, that guy came one time. And he shows up here to hear the wildest message he's ever heard in his life. It's an action plan for the other part of the story that the Lord's been speaking to him about for over a decade in dreams related to this idea. He got the idea in dreams. And then he's been working on it and working with lawyers and working all this stuff. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I just find it to be very interesting. Here's one thing I can tell you. Before the Lord comes back, the planet will be filled with night and day prayer. For the planet to be filled with night and day prayer, they're going to have to be some pretty silly guys and gals with some money. Because right now, the planet isn't thinking about establishing night and day prayer centers. There are few people, but it's very relative to the total number of believers. You need a few really wild hair brain people to get a lot of money to then funnel it into the prayer movement in the earth. And I believe it's actually how the Lord's going to do it. I believe there's going to be a great shaking that winds up transferring the wealth of the earth into the hands of people that are going to build God's house and make it more glorious than the $100 billion structure that Solomon created. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.